hey, you know what to do, you're grown, you know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 16 of the College Loop Podcast. Just me and Tara today. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. You know, uh, tough game to watch tonight uh, for, for the Tigers, and we're going to talk, talk men's hoops in a minute. Um, hate Daniel Locke couldn't be with us today. I'm sure his voice is shot, um, being as active in the jungle as, as he is, and that's no shade thrown. I want him to enjoy all his time in college, so this is not going to bug me one bit. We'll get to talk some hoops, um, and then... You know what? Uh, Auburn fans are probably beating themselves up tonight, uh, justifiably so. Uh, there's a lot going on later in the week, and uh, there's there's really not a ton of reason to not kind of pick it back up and and, and have a positive spin zone, right? Yep. Uh, Daniel was probably the, having the least amount of fun as all of us. Uh, he was at the game tonight. <laughs> uh, yesterday, as we were as of when this was going to be posted, Auburn lost seventy nine to sixty three to the unranked Texas A and M Aggies. And lost that twenty-eight game, twenty-eight streak that Auburn had at Neville Arena. Who A and M also ended it last time as well. A and M just I some PEDs get shot up whenever A and M gets onto the court. I think that NCAA should definitely investigate it because <laughs> they're always. I don't want to say a bad team, but they're always like a mid-tier team. And for some reason, as soon as they walk through the pearly gates of Neville Arena, they just start shooting lights out, and there was, like, nothing Auburn could do about it. I mean, it, Auburn's, like, the second-best three-point defending team in the country, and I mean, it, I, where was it tonight? I mean, Texas A&M knocked down six. Uh, they were, at one point, they were six of six of eight. Uh, I think they wanted to be six of nine in the first half. Pretty nice little stat line there for you. Um, it's one of those things where it just feels like Buzz Williams, uh, and, and we talked about this. We did – his teams are just always ready for Bruce Pearl teams. Uh, and, and and to their credit, when, when Texas A&M got up, you have to commend Buzz Williams and, and his ability to, to, to game plan and, and hold the ball. Um, and it's essentially the same concept as when you're when you're beating the crap out of a team or have a comfortable lead, lead in football and you just run the football um, and just chew clock. I mean, it, it's the equivalent. And uh, A&M needed to play perfect tonight, and I think they played, I mean, pretty damn near perfect. And they needed some help from Auburn to not play perfect, and Auburn played the furthest thing from it. And 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 here you are with with a a, a bit of a thumping at, at at Neville Arena. And there's a lot of things I wanted to talk about, Dylan. And I, I know you're probably taking a peek at the rundown. I did throw something in there last minute. My bad. And it doesn't have to do with men's hoops. We'll talk about it a little later on. Um, I completely forgot to plug uh, Jim into the rundown. It was in my mental rundown. You know, I always tell you I have one of those. <laughs> but we'll we'll get to that later. So, like I said, Auburn fans, there's lots of lots of exciting stuff to talk about and, and look forward to going forward in this show let's go ahead and just let's just go ahead and state the obvious Dylan and and you just mentioned it Texas A&M shot the lights out and, and Auburn played horrifically bad uh if, if, if you just look at the the comparative box uh Texas A&M shot 47.3 percent from the field uh, Auburn shot 43.8 which feels like that's not that different until you look at the three-point percentage 36.8 to 13 uh, to, excuse me yeah 18.8 percent and and Auburn left six buckets and six points at the charity strike. Uh, there's just plenty of places to look around and, and say, you know, this could have gone differently. This could have gone differently. And, and I don't know that there's a better place to start than, than, than talking about Dylan. I'm confused about the minutes with Katie Johnson. Um, 
I understand riding with your guy, but I need you to talk to me about where you're at because I think you're on the same page. Why are these minutes not going to Zep Jasper and Trey, Zep Jasper and Trey Donaldson? I mean, I mean, just looking at the box score, I mean, Kate, Katie Johnson got 18 minutes, which is four minutes less than Zeb Jasper, who actually played pretty well tonight and put up double his average points per game. Uh, and started off, and he has two three-pointers, might I add. That was all of his points was two three-pointers, which we don't see from Zep that much. But Katie Johnson, man, tonight was just – we talked about – I, I'm back on the put it back in the straight jacket. I mean, this was horrendously bad. This I can't stand how often he just puts the ball in his arm and drives in with his head down, doesn't know where the basket is, and then he just either just throws it up, misses a layup, or he just throws it out of bounds. I mean, three turnovers from him tonight, it felt like it should have been a whole lot more just from the amount of times that's happened. I 100% agree, and I, and I, I do understand that, that Zep got more more minutes than than Katie. But you understand what I'm saying here about delegating yes, that to Zep yes. and, 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 and and Trey Donaldson. That you're you're on board with that. Yeah, Katie Donaldson should not be getting 18 minutes. I think Trey Donaldson should be getting 12, and Katie Donaldson should be getting six. And here's one of those moments where Auburn fans like to come at me on the Bird app um, and think that I don't like Bruce Pearl. That's not you know where I stand on BP. Uh, he he is he's the right guy. It, it, this is one of those moments where Bruce Pearl has has been known for being a players coach who rides with his guys. This is one of those. Sometimes it pays off for you. Sometimes it doesn't. This is one of those cases where it doesn't. Uh, another one of those cases, let's not put the blame squarely on KD Johnson's shoulders tonight. Let's talk a little bit about Alan Flanagan. This, after after a strand of what we we considered to be, Alan Flanagan's back, and I'm not ready to say he's not now. I I, I He's still in, in there and, and, and a valuable piece to this, to this team. But after a strand of very, very good games, Alan Flanagan looked like he was never he, – whenever he got the ball, he was afraid he was never going to see it again on a possession. And he took some of the most horrendous shots. I think he had the poorest, most piss-poor shot selection on this team tonight. Oh, you were not lying. And it doesn't really help the fact that our main facilitator, Wendell Green, had a pretty bad passing night. Uh, Jay will had a chance at an easy three that he would have made, but he got a bad pass from Wendell, and then it just kind of, just kind of threw it up. But yeah, Alan Flanagan, yeah, uh, he scored the same amount of points he scored last game, but he put up half the stats he did against South Carolina. And just looking at the South Carolina game, you had one guy who really showed out a little bit, and that was Johan Treor, who we didn't was see tonight. Nowhere to be found. And you're watching like Katie Johnson turn over the ball, which, I mean, yeah, you can't put all the ball on him, but you're watching. Well, Doug let's not forget, Wendell Green Jr. turned the ball over five times tonight. Uh, four times, yes, he did. I got, you have I got I have you have at uh, four, uh, ESPN. If I want to go through the turnovers, Janai Broom had two, Wendell Green had four, Simo had one. Dylan That's Carwell crazy had because three. I'm looking at the ESPN stat sheet right now. Two of mine says five, so somewhere in that ballpark, four to five, four point five, sure, somewhere in there. Uh, but it, it is just a bad overall night for the entire team. I, there is. The only bright spots are the fact that Janai Broom and Wendell Green had 16 points each, but then again, they did not have their best games that we've seen all and, year. And you know, kind of, I, I had this this kind of bullet point word vomit on, on our rundown, like I always do. And I know you have to hate reading my 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 rundowns when I write them, and I'm sorry, <laughs> but Wendell Green can't do it all himself. And and there was a there was a point tonight, and in the last six minutes, where Auburn gave him no other choice. Um, it, it, I, and, and you can put all the blame in the world on Wendell. You can be hard on Wendell. God knows I'm critical of him. But the kid tried to put the team on his shoulders. 
against an A&M team that was hell-bent determined that they weren't going to lose and that Auburn was going to play at their pace, which ultimately killed the Tigers. He didn't get help. I know Janai Broom posted 16. I get that. I understand. Almost had a triple-double. I, I understand that, too. But he looked lost. And 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 it's it's hard to understand and wrap your brain around saying someone looked lost when they dropped 16 and, and you're someone of that caliber and, and Janai's putting in numbers night in, night out. But, Dylan, there were so many times where he just got bullied down low. There were so many times when he left his feet too early. And and somehow, he, you know, he, he's, he played probably at an average level, not what we're expecting from Janai Broom. I mean, to his credit, too, Dylan Cardwell comes off the bench and then proves to you that you're doing it by yourself. Because Dylan Cardwell played horrifically bad to the point where in the first half, I was sitting there thinking to myself, and, and, and I texted, I actually texted Will Cruz about this, get him off the floor. When when Dylan Cardwell put the ball on the floor and dribbled from the from 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 the top of the key, I almost lost my wits. I would have lost my wits if Auburn would have been up by thirty. It's it's that kind of just boneheaded and stupid decision making that ultimately killed Auburn tonight. That combined with the fact that there's no three point game on this team and no one can shoot. Uh, but I mean. I'm sorry to cut you off, Dill. I just there's just so many things that that went wrong. Nothing went right. I mean, we talked in length uh, on the Auburn Daily Show uh, before the game happened that this was probably some of the easiest forwards that Auburn's going to have to deal with throughout the remainder of the season. And I mean, we were right on the money with that. And little did we know that we were previewing the wrong guard for for Texas A&M. We talked about how Wade Taylor was going to be who they had to get through, but that Tyrese Radford man. Yeah, well, Wade, Wade Taylor, Taylor, Wade Taylor still dropped 15. He put up 15, but you know, 15 can be easily uh, ignored by the fact that a guard that was averaging 12 points a game put up 30. 30. 30 points, nine rebounds, and, dude, two assists from a guard. He, dude, he did it all. He out-rebounded both of his starting guards – or starting forwards. I you're right. We, 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 we may have missed there, but I don't necessarily think that our matchup keys were wrong. Uh, and, and a won the battle of the guards, just, just props to them. And then the one, three, one killed Auburn yet again, color me surprised. Let's um let's, let's, let's kind of lead that there. Dylan, I don't want to harp on this too much, but it was important that we talked about it because this is a nice little segue. Auburn's got a lot of stuff to figure out for Saturday. I read a tweet that said that the last, all, all of Auburn's losses, they've given up 25-plus to the guard. That's and, and you know what? That's tweet's probably 100% correct. I'd be interested to do some deep diving after we get off the off the pod. Yeah, um, what but, really, really worries me about one particular player left on Auburn's schedule that we have to play twice. Yeah, I couldn't imagine who you're talking about. But <laughs> let's let's use this as a segue to talk about Auburn's matchup this, this Saturday since we're not going to have a show before the game. Um, today's the last show until Sunday. Against – a middle-of-the-road West Virginia team that's 12-8. and eight. Um, They have two wins in the conference. Uh, they beat Texas Tech tonight, 76-61, so kind of handily. That was on the road in Lubbock. Um, now Texas Tech is pretty dang, pretty dang crummy this year, but also you go in and you beat a team on the road by 15. You don't sneeze at that regardless. And and if, if, if you look from a breakdown perspective, man, I mean, this is another one of those occasions where 
you, you, you get an opportunity to play against a little softer guard play, but now you got to harp on the forwards and you're worried after tonight. I mean, it, it, I, you put it on here. Tigers have to win. I mean, there's, and I don't want to quote you completely, but yeah, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, you have to win. No, that's fine. Yeah. But looking at the four, like, that's going to be the first, I, I don't want to say true, I maybe is a true test for Auburn because it is a SEC Big, T- Big 12 challenge. So there's going to be a little bit of like pressure because you want to have the best record out of the two. But this is going to be a key factor to the the gauntlet of the schedule. A lot of your games are away, and you need Auburn to – I mean, tonight was a home game where Auburn's supposed to be invincible, and we played like that. Morgantown has some crazy fans. Let me go ahead and give you some free Instagram grid content real quick. If Auburn can't go on the road – and win in Morgantown against the state of West Virginia right now. And don't get me wrong, this is not a free team. This is not a free win. But if Auburn can't go on the road in Morgantown and win, Tigers may be shit out of luck going down the stretch. And and I, I'm, I'm sorry, if, pardon my French, you know how it is. You can you can blur that out, whatever the heck you want to do. But that's is there a better way to say it? I don't think there is. I, I mean, I, I don't think there's a free win left on the schedule in general. After, no, after there, there's absolutely tonight. not. I might be panicking or something about I, I don't think that any game left on the Auburn schedule now is a free win. And we need to win over half the games so we don't end up being a lower seed. I mean, even if you if you look down the slate of, of, of remaining home games, Mike White has Georgia playing better than we've seen Georgia play in five, six years. You've got to go to Tuscaloosa. You got to play Bama twice. You got to play te- uh, Tennessee twice. Once of those in Knoxville. You have to go to Rupp Arena, where teams go to die. You're in bad shape right now. If you can't get get Saturday, get right. If you can take care of business Saturday, de- deliver a thumping, get get back next week, and, and I believe next next week's midweek is Georgia. Yes, yeah. um, and, and take care of business there. You you will be okay. You will be okay. But you got some soul searching to do in the next forty eight hours. Yeah, I, I don't even and know then, where you begin to start. And, I mean, and that's top to bottom. It's it's from it's all the way from BP to the last guy on that bench, the last walk on. Uh, and, I, and that's not me calling anybody out. That it's just if you want to win in this league, you got to figure it out now. So let's let's speaking of winning in this league, let's 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 pivot. Unless you, uh, oh, actually no, we have something else to add. Some good news for you, Auburn Hoops fans. Aiden Holloway is loving it. Let's let's pivot here. Let's 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 get light lighthearted. What do you say, Dylan? Yeah, let's uh, start smiling a little bit. Let's Aiden's loving it. The Garden of Aiden is headed to the McDonald's All American game. That makes I had a, a laundry list. Are you looking at the rundown in front of you? If not, don't look at it. Yes, I am. Oh, man, you cheater! All right, so I'll I'll go ahead and read out read it out. I was gonna see if you could just off the dome name off the McDonald's uh, All Americans, which will make four in three years. Join uh, joining uh, Walker, Bari, and Reef. Which is cool. I mean, Walker's kind of a, a cheat code because he transferred from UNC, but but Auburn claims him. He's an Auburn guy. Uh, this is a, a great, a great accolade, great honor. He's going to get to play beside and, and and compete against Bronny James. So that's just like a fun little tidbit. Like this is just a cool recruiting class to be able to talk about that. Um, and and you and I talked a little bit about Bronny earlier today. Just that's not relevant to Auburn, but kind of fun, right? <laughs> and uh, he was in town tonight, so maybe he went and talked to the boys and said, "Yo, hold on, what?" <laughs> Uh, Aiden, but, pro- Aiden probably watched Katie Johnson and was like, you know what? 
maybe I should just throw on the jersey right now. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're so not wrong. <laughs> but uh, Aiden Holloway is going to be able to compete in the All-American stage, which always makes people turn attention, which means there'll be attention on Auburn next year. Not that we didn't think there would be anyways. Uh, that's That kid's going to be a lot of fun to watch, man. I'm really excited to watch Aiden Holloway. Um, he, he's going to be a ton of fun. Let's pivot over to women's basketball. That was just a quick little tidbit we need to throw in because that's a great, huge accolade. Lights the mood. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think women's hoops can continue to lighten the mood, really. Um, we're going to talk for, for a second here about uh, Coach Johnny Harris and company looking for their second consecutive win in conference play. Whoa. And on the road in Lexington, Kentucky. Actually, uh, our our good friend, Maddie Gunzorowski, uh, team manager for women's hoops. This is our first game she gets to travel for, which is in Lexington. I was like, that's kind of a sweet first travel game. Sweet road game, actually. Friend of the program. Uh, so she, they're, they're heading to play in Memorial. They're not playing this one in route. This is a Memorial Coliseum, but uh, they're going to be without Romy Levy on, on Thursday per, per multiple reports. And, uh, this is a team, Kentucky that's struggling in the sec. I know Daniel mentioned uh, this past weekend and I respect or not past weekend earlier in the week on the Tuesday episode, and I respect all of his opinions, but mentioned that he thinks that this is maybe not a game that Auburn can win. I do. I, I really do. I mean, uh, Kentucky's really kind of a bottom feeder in the SEC. I have their uh, the record right in front of me. I think they're uh, 9 and 10, 11th in the SEC, kind of bottom feeding this rock fight with Auburn. It can be really not pretty, but that's okay. A big, a big conference road win against someone like a Kentucky, regardless of where they're at, brand-wise, that's a good win. Getting the ball inside is going to be key. Just like Daniel always says, I would be – Curious, we always, we always harp on on the bigs, Aisha Kulavales, and you're going to be without Romy Levy, but the the uh, Carissa Richardsons. I'd be interested to see if Sydney Shaw and Caitlin Duhon can't put on a clinic um, with, with uh, honestly, a not healthy, honestly, Scott Grayson. This team shoots better from the perimeter than we've seen in year, years past. So, your thoughts, Dylan? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it always scares me when an Auburn team goes into Lexington. I always feel like, no matter what sport it is, that Kentucky – <laughs> that Kentucky blue does something to you, but I, I the key factor of these games, I mean, I'm pretty sure you mentioned it. Just give Ayeshiko by the ball and get out of the way. And get out of the way. <laughs> She's like Katie Johnson, but instead of like turning over the ball and missing shots, she uh, makes them all. I think this could be a, a really good, um, good opportunity for them. I agree. Give, give AC the ball, but honestly, Scott Grayson, senior leadership, and I think she's going to be first or second team All SEC. Um, th- this year she's just that good. If they can get her back to 100, this team can make a little bit of noise in that SEC tournament. We don't think they're an NCAA team tournament team, but it would be pretty fun for them to get out of the first round of the SEC tournament and a good step. Um, I think that there's a big weight lifted off all their shoulders now that they've seen one check mark. Um, I will say the combo between uh honesty and Aisha is probably one of the best we've seen in all women's basketball history. I can't, re- I know we've had some good players here, recent in- history for sure. Yeah, but I can't think of a time that I can remember where Auburn has had two players on the same team that have been that good together. Well, and if you look, there are other pieces that are coming into their own. I mean, Marshawn Bostic had a great game on Sunday. Um, Sanaya Wells, nobody takes charges in women's college basketball better than Sanaya Wells. Nobody draws a charge better than she does. And that's an underrated skill set. The the only problem that this team has, and I was talking about this with Maddie the other day, and she wasn't bashing the girls she works works with every day, but her, her point was, there are three and a half girls that can dribble on this team. One half being Sydney Shaw, just because she's a freshman and needs reps. Uh, Sanai Wells can put the ball on the floor. Obviously, we know, honestly, Scott Grayson can put the ball on the floor. Marshawn Bostic, it feels like whenever you just need a big layup to go through the lane, even if the lane's been clogged all day, Marshawn just gets there. And and let's not forget, Marshawn's lights out from the free throw line. So if she can get to the stripe, like this game could get crazy. 
Um, I, I do think it'll be a rock fight. Uh, but if you can come out victorious and, and there's your two back-to-back SEC wins, I mean, this team's getting a little confidence. You never know what 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 holds in store when teams come to the NEV. Um, I mean, last year, the NEV was where ranked women's basketball teams came to die, which was crazy. <laughs> but also, I mean, that speaks to the commitment to the brand that Coach Jay's installed. I was say, in women's basketball, do they do like men's basketball? If you win your conference tournament, do you get an automatic bid? Yes. It's, 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 probably, the same, it's the same size field. Yeah, okay. I know it's way out of the realm of possibility because to win the SEC in the tournament, you have to beat South one, Carolina. Beat South and Carolina LSU. and LSU. See, side note, this is relevant, though. Did you see South Carolina sold out their game against LSU? Both teams are going in that game unbeaten. That, that's literally must-watch television. The college game day is going there. The, they, they should. That that is much must see TV. And that's going to be ridiculous. I I I'm going to watch every second of that game. I think that USC will probably still blow out LSU because I think there's a huge talent gap. <laughs> but um that's super cool. I can't I cannot wait to see for a women's basketball game, Sandstorm just like lighting up colonial right colonial colonial life arena. That was easy for me to say. But that'd be that's just gonna be so such a cool scene. Anyways, continuing with women's athletics. Let's talk a little bit of gymnastics. I, I, this is the one I threw in a little late there. I meant to have it. Like I said, it was in my head cannon. Uh, <laughs> but w- women's gymnastics is going to be back at the NEV on Friday versus NC State. Reigning co-SEC gymnast of the week. Like you said, now to continue a tradition that's uniquely Auburn, <laughs> Sunisha Lee. Uh, this, this should be a ton of fun. This team's really starting to come into their own. I don't even think we've seen we've, – we're so far from seeing the best of them this year. Apparently, um, I, I read earlier this week, and this is not like me just pulling random crap. This is true. Sunisha Lee rushed her bar routine in preparation so that Auburn fans could see it for the home opener. Like, she hadn't thrown that in competition before. That's – holy crap. It's, in, in the good sense, it's dumb how good she is at this. Like, for those of it's you scary good for those of you who have not locked in excuse me i'm sorry if those of you who have not locked in on auburn gym while sunisha lee's in town well, first off jeff grave has got that team that they're so deep they're so good but if you're not watching and you're not locked in you're watching one of probably if not the one of the greatest female athletes in the history of auburn probably one of the greatest athletes in the history of auburn and we, we had that kind of conversation like we said that's coming up soon but i mean there's the bo jacksons we know the cam newtons whatever sure the Frank Thomases, who's getting his own statue. <laughs> but Sunni Lee's like in that conversation. Erica Bonner. Like, it, there's... It, I say it, we say it all the time. If Sunni Lee wins the national championship before she heads out to win, you know, world championships. More world championships. <laughs> More world championships. Uh, yeah, uh, she's going to have a statue outside of Neville Arena. She's already an individual champion, which that's just mind-boggling how good she is. I just wanted to plug that real quick about gymnastics because, man, this team is is humming. And and it goes it goes beyond Suni Lee. Like, I I know that she's always the headliner. She's the clickbait, right? But Darion Goborn, I mean, I I can't get over her walking out to God Save the Queen. She is a literal queen. Like, yes, give her her crown now. Matter of fact, next time we're going to – you and I need to buy, like, those plastic crowns in Party City and just wear them to the meets. Or Burger King. No, we're not doing that. Get the Whopper Whopper. I've already seen the airplane video. We're not doing the Burger King crown. Oh, 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 God. <laughs> I, my brain went straight to the Whopper commercial. You went to... Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not doing that. We're not getting canceled. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm glad I was forward thinking there. I'm glad you... You would want... At one, the first time in your life, you've had 
uh, internet meme held over me <laughs> that I completely forgot about. But you got Darion, you have Sophia Groth, you have Olivia Hollingsworth. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Cassie Stevens. The, this, this team is just unreal. And, and, and we're witnessing greatness. And last episode, we talked about how on the football team, the guards, or not the guards, the cornerbacks and the secondary are just full of dogs. Auburn Gymnastics. SUNY Lee, dogs. Sophia Groth, dog. Darion Groborn, dog. Like, it just keeps going on. And the freshmen are elite. Like, it's unreal. Let's uh let's speaking of of freshmen and, and 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 recent recruits that's a good segue again Dylan I'm gonna about to hand you the torch very big weekend for Auburn football coming up I know that we're going to break this one up into a couple parts um just give me the bat signal and we'll we'll rock and roll but uh it, the, the torch is yours for Junior Day this Saturday on the plains huge recruiting weekend we're out here recruiting for do, we to, do we want to start off for high school recruiting or we start off for the draft. Ooh, good point. Uh, I'm looking at the clock here. I'm looking at the shot clock. Let's let's go. We probably knock the draft out and knock the draft out, and then and then when we come back, there's a hard freeze morning in Auburn this weekend. (laughs) Oh yeah. So, according to Mel Kiper, who we all know is just a genius when it comes to uh, draft knowledge, like we've always said this, like Jimmy Clausen. You know, he said that if Jimmy Clausen didn't pan out for the Carolina Panthers, he was going to (laughs) retire. So apparently, Jimmy Clausen. Uh, panned out uh, as a Carolina Panthers fan, I can occur that Jimmy Claus is one of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen play the NFL football. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, but yeah, but this is part of the greatest take Mel Kuyper's ever had. Derek Hall might be going in the first round to the Buffalo Bills. Listen, we've always said that Mel Kuyper was the best at evaluating Derek Hall's draft grade. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone better at <laughs> at grading where Derek Hall is going to go in the NFL draft. Than we've Mel always Kuyper. said that. We've always said that. Yeah. He always gets at least one pick right out of all 32. That's right. And, and I think uh, this one's it. Well, I mean, we've known for years that he's a Derek Hall expert. Um, so. <laughs> but with that, I just want to kind of look at other Tigers that could potentially get drafted. I know we're a little, little further away from the draft day. So expect a whole lot more uh, in-depth uh, recruiting and all that. Or not recruiting, uh, scouting for these players. But like. Maybe a little Lark action at Pro Day. <laughs> Who Maybe. says no? <laughs> I'm with it. So Derek Hall is, yes, the headliner for Auburn in the NFL, followed very closely probably by Colby Wooten, who I think could be a day two guy. I think uh, I think he is a day two guy, barring him getting injured or anything during pro day or college, uh, in the NFL combine. Please, God, don't let it happen because he he's good. Colby Wooten is really good. And I think he's Correct. going to make a team very happy. I think he's going to be one of those sneaky – Albert always has those guys in the draft. They can take him very late who end up popping off later on in their career. I think Colby Wooten is going to be that dude. And I think he might pop off sooner rather than later. Another guy to look at, Tank Bigsby, the running back, who is probably going to be the only offensive player taken in this NFL draft. Uh, and I don't think that's a hot take in the slightest because no. I, I I don't want to get – I'm going to get to the next guy in a second. But, yeah, Tank Bigsby, I think he's going to be a sneaky good running back in the NFL. And keep it going. Iku Leota, I think it's going to be more of a day three guy. His injury is probably barring it, but I think a good pro day and he might get invited to the combine. I feel like Auburn and Ed Rushers always get the invite. You already knew that if you didn't mention Iku Leota, I was going to jump to the camera, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I put him on the list and I know I have another guy. I was going to, I'm going to save him. I might save him for last just, just in spite of you. No, nah, I won't do it. Oh, and Papo, 
I know a guy thinks it'd be a sneaky good pick. I, Auburn has some dudes that kind of got wasted by a bad coaching staff, who I or think two. are into or two, but I feel like are really going to pan out well if they get the right coaching. Oh, uh, Papo and Kobe Wooner. Oh, I don't think Kobe would. Ike Leota, probably those two guys that can put in the same boat, underutilized by the coaches. Injury kind of hurt them as well. But I think with a good coaching staff in the NFL, they'll pop off fairly nicely. And we've talked a little bit about, and Blackery, Zach Blackery has mentioned to me, and we've had really cool conversations about, like, Owen Papo might just be a really big safety. Yeah, he's going to be a hit stick. <laughs> Like, no, he might like he might just be like a big safety. He's a little undersized to be playing a linebacker. You definitely can't put him in the middle. And his skill set and his speed, you almost wonder like, what if what if an NFL team looks and it's like licking their chops? It's like we could this guy could play safety. Like I I could see that. I'm he's like an Isaiah Simmons, but yes, exactly. Great comp, great comp. <laughs> and the last guy who has officially declared for the NFL draft, I have a couple of guys that could probably see get drafted if they have a decent pro day or whatnot. Uh, Shedrick Jackson has uh, declared for the NFL draft. We talked about this a few ep- uh, not a few episodes ago, but a lot of episodes ago. Uh, but I think out of the people who have declared, I think he is the least likely to get picked up. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, potentially, I said potentially could be drafted, barring or could be drafted, signed, or if they have a good pro day. And John Samuel Schenker, maybe? I think so. I think he's got the film. Uh, I, I, he's a good route runner, solid hands. That's one of those guys that you look and you're like, eh, you know, maybe someone his size leaves a little bit, a lot to be desired. Yeah. But uh, you never know. Um, I mean, if you could lean him down a little bit, I guess he could play on the slot. I, I kind of, sort of, sometimes like a Will Hastings ass kind of height frame. Um, he could also be really good in like the XFL, USFL, or oh, XFL legend John Samuel Shanker, book it. <laughs> or playing the minor leagues a little bit in baseball. You know, he's a he's a baseball guy, big baseball big, guy, John big Hastings. baseball guy. Unfortunately, he's uh, he's he discontinued his baseball career prior to the College World Series run this past year. But you know, teach their own. And uh, the last guy I have on here is it's a position you don't really hear a lot about. A position that deserves a whole lot more respect because Auburn might be long snapper you <laughs> because if you don't know, Auburn has a perennial uh, pro bowler in the NFL at long snapper, and I hate that his name is like blanking on me right now. And Josh Harris, there we go. Atlanta Falcons legend, probably the greatest player we've ever seen play in the Atlanta Falcons uniform. Uh, no one else comes close to the uh, uh, prowess that a Josh Harris at long snapper brings to the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, I, is there a single player better in Atlanta Falcons history than Josh Harris at long snapper? No, it's number one. Oh, at long snapper? Yeah, he's a long snapper. I thought you meant overall. Oh, no, say- overall is what I meant, but I was, I was like. Say- He's number one, and then like there's like a big gap, and then it's Julio Jones and my, or my, and Michael Vick, like those guys. <laughs> sources, I've heard some sources say that he might be the greatest player to ever touch the football field. Rumor like, has it, yes. R- rumor has it, and the funny thing is, the guy wasn't even like a scholarship player. He wasn't a frat, and he kind of just like saw open tryouts <laughs> for the position. Respect, and he just did that, and now he's a Pro Bowler and is getting paid billions of dollars to snap the ball far and i love it but yeah jacob, the player i'm talking about is jacob quarterbaum who i believe was a first teamer yeah. uh, <laughs> at the long snapper position yeah he was and you know long snapper you baby i could see quarterbaum being like a day one guy or he could, <laughs> he could probably fall later on but i think he could be signed just because you can't miss out on the long snapper man it, the most important position on the field you might say the quarterback 
you might say the left tackle, but there's no better position <laughs> than long snapper. All right. Who's gonna get no other person can get the ball to the punter, no other person can get the ball to the long to the holder. There's no more there's not a more p- important position on the football field than the long snapper. And Jacob Quarterbaum, you know what? <laughs> Throw Bryce Young out the window. Throw Will Anderson away. Throw Will Levis away. I think that I think the Bears are going to be really missing out on a Jacob Quantabom level talent. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all. And I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. But yeah, I'm continue a conversation about Auburn football. That's not just me ramping on about how Jacob Quattlebaum is going to be the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. But this weekend is going to be pretty daggum huge for the Auburn Tigers. It is junior day on the Plains, and it's going to be a huge weekend for the class 2024. Auburn has 15 prospects that are confirmed to be coming, and probably more. <laughs> It's going to be a huge weekend, Dylan. You know how uh, whenever you get the little – during the NFL draft, you get the doon, 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 doon. Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Get the Give, give me the sound effect. The doon, 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 doon. Class of 2024, you are on the clock. Uh, we've got some dogs in this class, Dylan. Uh, in, in, in Alabama, this is a strong year. Last year, 23 was the strongest year we've seen in the state of Alabama in a long time. 24 – Huge year for Alabama yet again. Not quite as big as the 23s, but also loaded. Georgia's always loaded. Florida loaded. Mississippi State's got some, I'm not Mississippi State, but the state of Mississippi rather has some really, really good talent this year. And if you look, like I said, we've got 15 prospects coming uh, that are all going to be three stars and better. Um, so a lot of four stars are going to be on, on campus for sure. Uh, I've, I've heard as many as 30. I've heard as few as 20. We're expecting well over 15 to be here. Uh, visiting or be in Auburn rather visiting on the planes and and getting to know the coaching staff. And, and, it, and it really all begins with four-star quarterback Amon Lane. He's already committed to Auburn. He's the first commit in the class of 2024. Uh, just want to talk to you for a second and, and Dylan, correct me if I'm wrong. And I want to get your thoughts here. How big of a deal and, and you played ball growing up. I did not. Um, so, so, so people frequently tell me I'm a, a ball, not knower, which that's fine. Uh, but <laughs> How big of a deal is it for Auburn to have a guy that's been committed to to Freeze and, and company and, and and has been committed to this university and is sold on the vision being here around all these other guys that are perspective? It, it's huge. I mean, we talked with Jeremiah Cobb over the past uh, season, really. There is no guy who is re- doing more for recruiting on social media than Jeremiah Cobb, except for maybe Trevon Reed. What about Braden Joyner? And Braden Joyner. Yeah. I was about to say, give my man Braden Joyner a little credit there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's huge when you have one guy who's already all in on Auburn and the fan base and the football team and the coach. And you'd have the, all these guys who were coming and who were like slightly interested, but 
you know, they have a guy who's in their class about to make the same decision they are, who is prepared to already hop on the field and play for this team. It's a huge motivator. I, no better, there's no better recruit than the people that actually played for the school. I agreed. Want to play for the school. I agree. I knew, I knew what you meant. I, I agree. It's it's big time, and 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 it really looks like Amon Lane could be that guy. Um, he's not been super vocal yet, but we're we're really early into the twenty four recruiting process. Um, and 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 him being able to make connections with guys that, mind you, Alabama's junior days on Saturday. These guys decided to come to Auburn. That's that's first off. That's huge. That's a huge step in the in, in the right direction. Having Amon Lane there is is never going to hurt making connections with with the other twenty fours. I wanted to do, I wanted to lead off here with a couple of guys that are probably on the College Loops official commitment watch, and it's not just the College Loop. There's a lot of people that have them on their commitment watch. <laughs> watch, but uh, starts with four star uh, defensive back Jaden Lewis plays corner typically. Um, he's out of Anniston, so not far. Um, home state guy, uh, potential commitment this weekend. I think that he's got Auburn very high on his list. We'll find out more on his exit interview. Come Saturday um, or early early Sunday morning, I think he could commit as early as uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, four star running back, Dylan, another running back, another four star five four star guy running back out of Andalusia, Alabama. Let's go, Jamarian Burnett. Uh, he's on commitment watch. A lot of a lot of people tend to think that Auburn's extremely high on on this group. Now remember, this is these are twenty fours. The recruitment process and the 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 officials are just now opening for these guys. So if Auburn doesn't get a, a slew of, rec- of commitments this weekend, like I don't think they will. I think we're looking at two or maybe three. Uh, it's not the end of the world, but this it could be a great starting point for for getting these guys on campus and getting them in front of, of Freeze and, and Trevon Reed and Zach Etheridge and, and the laundry list of guys that, that, that Auburn fans wanted to talk to. Uh, let's slide down to four-star athlete Demarcus Riddick. Now, this is an interesting one. Out of Chilton County, Alabama, Freezing company already getting after it in terms of getting guys from in-state. I understand it's a little easier in terms of school and transportation, things of that nature. I get that. But getting after it in the state of Alabama and winning the the, the recruiting battle in Alabama is huge. Uh, this is a guy that's already committed to the University of Georgia. And he chose to be at Auburn this weekend. Now, he, he's been a hard commit. He committed to Georgia in November. Um, and, but Freeze has been getting after this. He went to his basketball game last week. Uh, he's been in, in close contact with his family. Uh, it, it sounds like this could be a guy that Auburn – this this would be a huge flip. Um, you 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 saw in, in in the 23s, you saw a handful of guys flip. You you saw namingly Keldrick Falk. Now I'm not saying that Florida State and Georgia are even close to the same playing field, but if you win a, a, a battle like this and it's still very early in the recruiting cycle, and we'll have plenty of time to talk um, about about Demarcus Riddick going down down the road specifically because he's only from 45 minutes outside of Auburn. Um, come this season, but this this could be a very big one for Auburn and, and a big turning point in this class, if you can get him flipped early. Uh, now, moving on to an- another guy that, that could be a flip, uh, four-star cornerback Zion Ferguson. He committed to LSU in September. So the before football really started his his senior, uh, junior year, uh, excuse me, sophomore year of high school, junior year of high school, hello, the 24th, <laughs> hello, junior year. Uh, he's set he's to visit, and he chose to be in Auburn despite coming into LSU. It sounds like Auburn was high on his board in the first place. And he wasn't very fond or didn't get the warm fuzzies from the last staff, which we basically heard from pretty much everyone not named Jeffrey Imba. But that's kind of how that went down. And that's no shade being thrown at Jeffrey Imba. It just apparently he he and Holden Jarner were recruited well by Harson and Company. That's just 
they were the flukes. Uh, and 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 I think that that that's a big one. And and Dylan, are you starting to notice a trend that that Freeze is loading up on 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 a certain? He he's he's stacking his chips in places that he was already building on hard this year. Yeah, I mean, look at this. So far, Demarcus Reddick plays both both ways of the ball. He's primarily a DB. You've got a cornerback, a defensive back, so two two corners. Demarcus Reddick three corners, Zion Ferguson four corners, and a running back. Do you think that Hugh Freeze is serious about getting the secondary right? I, I think he is uh, very serious about getting the secondary right. I, I mean, we already talked about how this secondary is already freaking loaded on people. Because after DJ James and Neymar Pritchett go to the draft next year, who's stepping up? Austin Osbury, J.D. Rhyme. Kindly. Kindly. And as soon as, and those guys won't even be draft eligible yet come the time these guys come up. So Auburn's going to be like four or five deep. Can you imagine a world now? This is like these these guys uncommitted. Some of them committed other places, but could you imagine a world where we're talking about the DB room and going, man, I hope that kid's willing to take a red shirt? <laughs> it would be a whole new look for this Auburn football team, especially a whole if you, new world. When you look at Zion Ferguson, uh, Auburn has already Harson fl- flipped a defensive back from LSU before. Austin yes. Osbury got flipped from LSU. And I think if you can flip another guy from DB from the DBU, I think you starting to make does that a, make you DBU part two? Question mark. I feel like Auburn Auburn's not in the top three of that discussion, but I feel like they're making slightly very slowly making a huge case that you know maybe we should be taken seriously as a DBU contender. Now, one one I want to keep in mind, I want to reiterate, that, like you're not going to get all these guys. That's probably just not going to happen. If it does, oh my god, holy well, crap! Uh, but but we're we're not even halfway we're halfway through this list and I'm, and I'm going to keep moving quick i don't want to spend too much time on any guy but i wanted to hit the high points about guys that were very interested i think we're very interested in auburn clearly these uh, zion, uh, between zion ferguson and demarcus riddick those guys are serious about being interested in auburn otherwise they wouldn't come despite being committed so that that's a big one um here's one that i think is just interesting um four-star wide receiver cameron coleman out of central phoenix city now let's think about the lack thereof of success Auburn has had in central Phoenix city and in, in the Phoenix city, Columbus area as of the past four or five years, everybody's talking about it. It's not just me. It's not just rivals. It's not just on three. It's not just 24 seven. The lineage of what should feel like a pipeline school, right? Mm-hmm. Has not been there. Did, did the Darren Reed signing just maybe break a curse because it sounds like Cameron Coleman's seriously interested in Auburn. Starting to sound like it. Uh, I'm looking at Cameron Coleman's uh, build right now. 6'3", 175. I assume he's he might put on he's gonna put on some weight. Yeah. But other than that, that's a pretty good build. And a funny thing or a good thing I've been noticing, Aniston, Andalusia, Chilton County, Central Phoenix City. And the list goes on and on from Lock down the guys that are at home. <laughs> Auburn has been struggling to win the state of Alabama. I don't I can't remember the last time Auburn Auburn won the state of Alabama. But it would have had to have been under Tubbs. Because we've been losing. Uh, Bama is, it's obvious it's Bama. But we've been losing like big time recruits to Georgia, Florida, Florida State, Tennessee. Like these guys are not sold on the other team in Alabama. Like it's like, okay, if Bama don't want us, then we're just going to go out of state. But right. you watch looking at this list and yeah, Anderson, Andalusia, Chilton County, Central Phoenix City. Uh, guy we're going to talk about in a little bit. Uh, yeah, there he is. Trent Seaborn. 
from Thompson. Thompson, oh, Thompson, Thompson, Thompson alerts. <laughs> like uh, Hugh Freeze is setting in motion the fact that he doesn't just want to like bring in all these talented players. I mean, he does, but he also is putting in motion. There's a team on the other side of the state who has been kicking over Auburn and recruiting for years. And Hugh Freeze is tired of it. He's trying to win the state of Alabama recruiting wise. And, and that's the first key to taking over the state. I mean, if, if you look at coaches that have dynasties, I'm not putting freeze on that pedestal and I'm going to be quick here, but like, look at what Kirby smart did. He won Georgia. Look what Nick Saban did. He won Alabama and started competing in border, border states. Let's look at even Ed Orgeron won Louisiana. Like, just look at his championship pedigrees. The Ohio states of the world. I mean, these are, these are brands that will pull from anywhere. Right. But they win Ohio. They win Pennsylvania. They win their pipeline states. It's such a big deal to win. If, if, even if you're not going to win it, even if you're not going to beat out Nick Saban for all of them, it's important to have a serious competition in this in, in your state, specifically in the state of Alabama, where there's no state that's more competitive in college football than the state of Alabama. It's a statement of fact. Um, high school football, different story, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Than Alabama, it's it's just a really big deal. Now that being said, our next guy is from Gainesville, Georgia. But uh, I did I did want to talk. Uh, oh, excuse me, Zion Ferguson's from Gainesville, Georgia, but a lot of other great examples. Um, and and Cameron Coleman getting him from Central Phoenix City. I don't know if you remember, but not that long ago, of one Carmelo English decided he was not going to be with Auburn University because he didn't feel like he was getting the respect he deserved from the coaching staff prior. And to be fair, Coach Malzahn didn't do that well from Central Phoenix City either. And all they do is pump out talent. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the big name recruits that Gus Malzahn brought in never really panned out. We talked about the five stars that you know a lot of them. I'm not, I'm not out. talking about big name recruits panning out, Dylan. I'm talking about winning recruiting battles. Well, I know, but a lot of those guys, it comes down to that. It's like, oh well, Gus is not really. Well, let me let me tell you another. Me. Let me tell you another pipeline neighboring state that you're going to be competing with some other schools for once this guy gets his fourth star because I think he's a three star right now and he's got the greatest name in this class so far. Front runner for our favorite name, his full name, and he goes by his full name is John Wayne Oliver. It's beautiful. Uh, that's incredible. John Wayne is arguably my favorite name thus far. Now I'm I'm immense. I, I can't wait to find one that'll top that because that means that name's gonna be really good, Dylan. Six five two seventy five. His uh profile picture on uh twenty four seven is him actually wearing an Auburn football shirt. Correct. So John Wayne Oliver was offered by Freeze at Liberty, and his his list of offers is not super impressive right now. But I think it'll be at least a very high three star. I mean, it's hard to grade offensive linemen. Um, in, in high school, it's just tough. Uh, he's really been in 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 close contact with Coach Freeze. He's been impressed with with Hugh from the from the get go. He wants his commitment to be official before his first game of his senior year. This is a guy that if in 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 the short ter- turnaround February's dead period. But we could see if he if he's really impressed this weekend. He already said he doesn't think he would commit on the spot this weekend. But he said if Auburn hits a home run, that could quote change things. <laughs> this, uh, which I mean, at some point, right now you're still in the get bodies phase. You're not necessarily it's quant- it's quantity right now in terms of longevity for recruiting. I think this is a quality guy though, um, and clearly Freeze likes him. This is a guy that we could see recruits commit as early as March. Yeah, I'm going to get back on my uh, little soapbox for a second. It is going to be a war crime if we don't get a single recruiting picture of him and with a cowboy, a cowboy hat. hat and a holster. One of those like six shooter Nerf pistol revolvers would be awesome. Exactly. If you if we can't if we can't get that, it 
it's it's a sham. Like why why are we even recruiting a guy named John Wayne? And, and I, I need a video, and it needs to be like. Da, da, da. He already has the mullet. He's not going to reject the cowboy hat, and it's gorgeous. He missed out on one mullet, and we picked up another mullet. Another fun. Here's a fun last name for you. Um, three star offensive tackle Chase Malamala. Um, he's he will be in attendance. That's your other. Your last of the rankings that I are for sure. We'll have a list come Saturday, and we'll we'll recap that on the Sunday episode along with the men's basketball game. This is a huge weekend. There's a couple of uncommitted, uh, unranked guys for now that I I wanted to mention. Uh, I'm gonna butcher the crap out of. Yeah, out I can't of, wait. To, I cannot wait to hear you say this name. Out of Makai, I'm gonna say Morale. I think it's Mora. Morale, uh, defensive tackle. Um, uh, he's. Six foot five, three fifty. His offers include Georgia, te- te- Texas, Tennessee, among eighteen others for now, including Auburn. Uh, this guy, per Christian Clemente, should be in town this weekend. I fully expect Dylan that he'll be a three star coming to the beginning of his junior year, uh, if nothing else from offers alone. Um, so that's an interesting one. Or what are you? Are you going to do this, the dictation on it? Oh, I was just trying to find him <laughs> again. I remember you sent me his stuff, but yeah, six five. I was trying to find his twenty four seven. Did you uh is he from Hampton, Georgia? Yeah, that's him. Uh you said his name really wrong because it's you spot it wrong on the rundown. Did I actually? It is uh Micah Boral. Boral, excuse me, I'm sorry. But yeah, six foot five, three hundred and fifty pounds. I, I preach it every time we talk about big big boys. I love the big boys up front. And I don't think you can get much bigger than that. I don't think you can. He might try. I mean, we've had a Prince Tega come through, but he was at least six seven and like two ninety. This dude's six five three fifty. Yeah, no kidding. Also, can I mention what? the fact that it's fu- it's so funny to me that all the six five like plus three hundred pound plus defensive tackle, all the good ones are like baby faced. Derek Brown <laughs> and Jordan Davis were both baby faced. This dude's baby faced, so I already know he's going to be good. Yes. So wait, hang on. Here's a fun piece for you. We're about to go from six five three fifty. <laughs> All right, to six foot oh, 170. Auburn needs a punter in this class, Dylan. And we're they're gonna have one on campus this weekend. Mason Love out of uh, let's see, Park Hill South High School in Riverside, Missouri. That's just something to keep an eye on. Auburn's got to get a punter in this class, um, just because uh, the land down on does running out of punters, apparently. <laughs> so it's gonna, be, it's gonna be a hard, hard grab to get a punter who can. Do Auburn as well as Austin Chapman has over the past few That's years. And, and before him, Iron Sipos. Iron Sipos, yes, who is popping off in the NFL. Iron cool. Sipos, the land down under. <laughs> Two other guys I wanted to talk about super quick, and then we'll wrap this thing up and, and send it out. But it's a big weekend, so I did want to spend some time on Junior junior Day. 2025, far, uh, four-star. Now, I know this. Not, we're talking about 24s, but we're talking about a five-star right now. Uh, a, a 2025 four-star that could be a five-star by his senior year. Um, this is a guy that is going to be on campus along with the juniors this weekend. His name's Antoine Hill. He's out of Houston County, Georgia. It's Houston in Alabama. It's Houston in Georgia. Uh, <laughs> Houston County, Georgia um, is going to be in front of Auburn coaches for the first time this weekend. No Auburn offer yet, but serious family ties and connections in his past. Sounds like he's very interested in joining Auburn in 2025. So that's a big one. Even bigger than that, shockingly, there's an eighth grader that's going to be on town this weekend uh, on campus this weekend. 2027 quarterback Trent Seaborn. If you've not heard of Trent Seaborn, you should. Kid is the uh, truth. Got the job done. Was it five tutties in the in the state championship game with Thompson? Oh yeah. <laughs> and he's going to be uh he's going to be visiting Auburn this weekend. Uh, he like I said put on a clinic in the state championship game as an eighth grader. 
Uh, and he apparently as is a huge Auburn guy. So it's gonna be really funny to watch an Auburn high Auburn fan have to cheer for him in a couple of years. Right, right. <laughs> Just like tears running down their face. <laughs> like, dang it, man! Why'd you go to come here? I wanted to root against you so bad. Honestly, you should just get 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 more familiar with the town and transfer to Auburn High School. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but I do I really mean, like this Antoine Hill guy. It's six five two fifteen. Uh, I'm assuming he's a dual threat. Maybe. Dual threat, yes. Six five and dual threat. Dude, stop it! We're not going to talk about six five dual threats right now. <laughs> He's two fifteen. I'm not going to compare him to Cam Newton. <laughs> Cam Newton has forty pounds on this guy. Yeah, but you know, with a well balanced diet, <laughs> you too can look can be the next Cam Newton. Two big name quarterbacks on. I can't believe that the biggest quarterback I think that's going to be there this weekend is Trent Seaborn. Um, that's unreal to me. Unless some twenty twenty four that we're not expecting shows up, yeah, which the, I, the biggest quarterback is yeah the five eleven one seventy got kid who can't drive himself there. I was thinking about that earlier. His mom's got to drive him over. Oh, this guy's class twenty twenty five actually. Oh well, okay, Antoine twenty twenty five. I didn't catch that. So he's a sophomore. I literally said that. I. Wasn't listening. Yeah. <laughs> I was Antoine, looking about- Antoine can maybe drive himself. Trent Seaborn's parents are going to have to drive him to Auburn. It's so funny to think about that. We are hyping up a kid who can't drive yet. Like, don't get me wrong. All these that's kids' how, that's how good. That's how, that's how good he is. Don't get me wrong. All these kids' parents are definitely coming with him. But, like, it's really funny that he doesn't have an option. <laughs> yeah. I think the other kids can get dropped off and, like, <laughs> go, go on the visit themselves. They probably won't because, you know. They need to have parental advice, right? A lot of those things, but like, I don't think he's allowed on campus by himself. <laughs> it's like, well, all these other guys can get dropped off, but Trent, I'm sorry, right? <laughs> that, that's the highlights for Junior Day on Saturday. And Dylan, I'm just going to close it with this um, and let you kind of wrap it up and, and and throw a nice little bow on things. This is, I think, arguably bigger than 2022's Big Cat Weekend, and you know how big of a deal Big Cat Weekend is in, in Auburn. It's really where you get your guys, and we'll have the 2024's installment of that in July. Um, if you think that this weekend's uh, th- that a little preview for this weekend was long, just wait till Big Cat Weekend rolls around. We're probably going to have to have a multi-day special on it. I'm not kidding, uh, especially with the work that uh, Friesen Company are going to get to do with this class being the first in- entire length class that they're going to have to work with. Um, Dylan, I'll let you go ahead and start it off, or I can, I guess I can just go and plug and you can plug and get out of here. What do you say? That works for me. I'm Harrison Tar at by Harrison Tar on Twitter. You can look up any of those, any of my names. I pop up pretty much on every other social media. If you're looking for my written work, first off, thank you. And I appreciate you. That is at the Auburn daily. You can also catch me on the Auburn daily show every Wednesday and Friday, Wednesday with Dylan Lark Friday with Lindsay, Lindsay Crosby for the happy hour. We call it the happy hour, bring a little adult bevy on the show and, <laughs> uh, have a good time talking ball there. Um, Dylan gets the privilege of ch- chatting it up with one Lance Daw on Monday. I'm not saying I'm jealous. I'm just saying I'm jealous. Got, love me some Lance. Dylan, I'll let you plug it and let's get out of here. Thank you guys for listening to the loop. Yeah, as he said, you can catch me on the Auburn Daily every Monday and Wednesday, Monday with Lance Daw, and of course, Wednesday with Harrison Tarr, who we re- end up recording double shows on Wednesday, which is always fun. It's a good time. Yeah. We all, I think we also record on Friday. No, we don't record on Fridays for Cod's Loop. No, but we definitely spent between the, the the loop and the Auburn Daily Show and on the phone today, we've definitely spent three hours together. Yeah. So, yeah, follow Cards Loop on all platforms except for MySpace. Uh, that is Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitter. That is at the College Loop. And you can also catch me tweeting at people all the time 
on my Twitter at your boy the tank. That is Y A B O I the tank. And with that being said, it's been the Cosby Podcast. <laughs>